Hi, I'm Pat. Welcome to Passion of the Geeks Unplugged and to what could become a new mini-series about my very subjective experience of the dangers and struggles of being in IT that I managed to survive. I call it Tales from the Trenches. And I want to take you back to what Bill Clinton described as the first challenge of the 21st century, if I remember correctly. <clears throat> the Millennium Bug. Do you actually remember the Millennium Bug? I mean, have you heard about it from campsite stories told by old men holding a flashlight to their faces? Well, uh, the basic gist of the Millennium Bug was actually quite feasible. In the last century, it was quite customary to, uh, well, abbreviate the year to two digits. And I mean, why not? Everyone got it if there was 87 or 92, that we were actually talking about 1987 or 1992. And starting from the year 1932, there wasn't even the possibility of mistaking a two-digit year for a day or a month. You can see the same year contraction thingy already happening in the current century because people are lazy. And the same shortcut was used on computers. Not exactly because of laziness reasons, but because of memory constraints. Those who listened to my other Unplugged episodes already heard me talking about how limited computer memory, both RAM and hard drive, were. I will simplify things here quite a bit, but basically, the smallest computer memory unit to store a number is a byte. One byte can be a number between zero and 255. If you want a bigger number or a more complex number, you need additional bytes, and bytes were valuable. But you can already see here that a single byte is totally adequate to display a year, if it's two digits. I know having to use two bytes instead of one doesn't sound like a lot. But try to imagine huge databases with thousands, if not millions of entries, and each of them using two bytes instead of one. That's a huge difference, especially early in computer history. Now, there are other options to store dates, but they basically all used to store a contracted year to conserve space. Think about it like this. Say there is a river and you need a bridge to get across it. Right now, there are only a couple of cars a day, so one lane is totally sufficient. Sure, there might be more traffic in the future, but there might also be a bigger budget in the future. So you build a bridge that covers your current needs. Everything else would be too expensive. And it's the same with creating programs and databases. And then 
in the mid-90s, when the year 2000 came closer and closer, people started to wonder what would happen once the two years' digits would go from 97 to 98 to 99, and then finally to, well, zero, zero, double O, well, practically back to nothing. I mean, that's what happens on an analog tape recorder, so it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? The truth is, the IT world was aware of the problem for a long time. If I remember correctly, it was a guy named Bob Reamer who famously tried to make the world aware of this bug since the late 50s or early 60s. So we knew. Also, in the early 80s, there had to be quite a few updates for software that required dates farther than 20 years in the future. But you know who wasn't aware that there was indeed a problem? The media. You can imagine that in the second half of the 90s, the media suddenly had a huge interest in the Millennium Bug, especially, of course, the tabloids. In typical yellow journalism, they started to greatly exaggerate the problem. They were talking about huge worldwide computer crashes, hospitals that suddenly would be without life support, banks that will lose all accounting information, nuclear power plants that would fail, navigation system unusable, and perhaps even a couple of satellites that would drop down to Earth. Basically, apocalypse. Spoiler warning? That's not exactly what happened. Basically, nothing happened at all. Well, no, actually, that's not entirely true, but bear with me. I was working as a systems engineer in a big company at the time, and we were working at the Y2K problem for more than, I think, three years on and off, you know, software upgrades, firmware updates and the likes. When suddenly upper management became aware of the problem through the media and sufficiently panicked, so they created task forces and, most importantly, budgets to tackle the millennium bug. And I think this is where the whole thing practically blew up. Managements of big companies and governments reacted to the media's fear-mongering and the media re-reacted to press announcements governments and big companies did to battle the threat of the year 2000 bug. But you know what? For us in IT, this was a great time. Sure, we knew that the problem existed and that you really should take it seriously. Although we knew that we didn't have to be afraid. We suddenly had the permission. No, the order by upper management to lifecycle software and hardware that should have been lifecycled years ago. The whole thing allowed us to update software with security and other fixes much more severe and significant than a simple year problem. And that was awesome. 
Of course, we had to work on January 1st, 2000. We had to be there early morning to check all the systems, all of them. We weren't afraid. We were Y2K ready and we were right. Nothing happened. Sure. I mean, it's, it's like complaining that no one fell down a bridge after building a railing, to go back to my bridge metaphor. And there actually have been a couple of Y2K-related problems worldwide. And if I talk about a couple, then I really mean like five or six problems that all were not severe and fixed in a timely fashion. Because computers are not people. Remember my explanation that the smallest way to store a number is a byte and that the byte goes to 255? Hmm. Well, the easiest way to display bytes is actually in hexadecimal, not decimal. For a computer, the year 99 in decimal is actually 63 in hexadecimal. Let's call it 63 so you can picture the number more clearly. And what comes after 63? 64. <laughs> so, after the year 99, there was just plain simply the year 100. Sure, displays sometimes had problems. Truncating the last two digits, some really displayed two zeros. But internally, it was just another new year as usual. Or sometimes, since the 19 was hard-coded into some of the displays, they showed the year 19,100. But this was, more or less, it. Nothing happened, partly, of course, thanks to the preparation everyone made. As I said, there were a couple of Y2K-related problems, but it is very hard to tell how much would have happened if we would not have prepared for the event. And, by the way, what many people, including the tabloids, don't know, there are a couple of other dates that had far more serious impact on IT. But that is not part of this episode. I survived the millennium bug. <clears throat> we all did. So... This is it for this episode of Passion of the Geeks Unplugged. If you liked my little experiment, or of course, if you didn't, I would really love to hear from you. Email us on passionofthegeeks at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at passionotgeeks. We're on all major podcasting services and of course on www.passionofthegeeks.com and on YouTube. So, thanks a lot for listening, and take care.